0: what's the name of the drug I just did? And he said, it's called meth. And I was like, okay, lit. So then I got home, I got my computer and I Google, what is meth? <laughs> yeah, I did that. I sat at 3 a.m. after doing meth. Then I realized maybe now it's time to Google, what is meth? Hi guys and welcome to another episode of too tired to be crazy on every thursday with me your host violet benson you better be loving the audio this week because i know it's going to be so much better than the audio last week again i want to apologize for that but don't worry this time we're good so today is going to be a super super fun get to know me episode and you're also going to find out why I'm currently recovering from surgery that I just had a few days ago. I'm gonna tell you exactly what surgery I did and why. You're also gonna to get to know me on a super personal level, like with super funny, embarrassing stories and jokes. Like that time I lost my virginity. Not like normal people. It's actually super awkward, something I've never told anyone. Or that time I tried meth. So I can't wait to tell you guys about all of that because that is so me to put myself in a situation like that. But before we get into all of that, and before I start with all these jokes, the biggest joke recently, if I'm being really honest, has been my life. Before we start this episode, To to Be Crazy is brought to you by Bright Cellars, a wine club that lets you skip the store and brings you personalized wines right to your door. Bright Cellars is offering you 50% off of your first six bottle box, plus, a bonus seventh bottle that's right you heard me drunkies seven bottles of wine so go to bright tired and all you have to do is take their 30 second quiz and they will pair you with six unique and personalized wines I recently started using this service and I love the fact that I'm getting six, seven bottles of wine to my house because at this point I have date night with myself every single night because I earned it and I deserve it. So it's time for you to treat yourself as well. And if you like to get educated about the wine while I just like drinking it, they also come with wine education cards. So they teach you all about like tasting notes and they teach you where the wine is from, not to mention their wines are from all over the world, from Spain, France, Portugal, Australia, South Africa, and so many other places. And the best part about them, if for whatever reason you don't like a bottle of wine that they sent you, Bright Sellers will work with you to include a replacement bottle in your next order. So for all of our listeners right now, we are giving you 50% off of your first six bottle order plus an additional bonus bottle. So that is basically seven bottles of wine with the price of three bottles. Plus they are personalized to your taste. So go to brightcellars.com tired. That's Bright brightcellars, dot com backslash tired and take their seven question quiz to get your wine matches and receive a limited time offer of 50% off of your first 6 bottle order plus a bonus bottle enjoy and um I just want to be really honest with you guys because I love you and also because I think with what's happening in this world I think it's important to be honest and I just want to let you know that I can't pretend like I've been doing okay mentally because I don't think I have been. I haven't been doing okay mentally the past couple of weeks. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer or to worry you guys, don't worry. You don't need to talk me off of a ledge or anything like that. But I do think that it is good to be self-aware of when you're not doing okay and try to evaluate why. And I think it took me a couple of weeks to finally process that I'm not doing okay. Whether it was me just randomly driving or just randomly through the day, just starting to cry out of nowhere, or me um, being drawn to more negative um, energy, looking at more negative things, um, reacting to things or pushing away my friends. I was kind of sinking into it again. And it's so hard to admit when it's happening because uh, every time it happens, like I just get so embarrassed. And then I don't wanna tell anyone, including you guys, cause I don't wanna let you down because, I feel like I always need to be strong, especially for other people. And I get embarrassed if if I'm not strong when I'm admitting that like I'm struggling a bit. Obviously, trust me, I'm doing better because that's how I'm able to talk about it. It's just embarrassing if every couple of months I'm doing an episode and in the beginning of the intro, I'm like, oh, I haven't been doing that great mentally. I just, I feel embarrassed because it makes me feel like I'm not taking care of myself. But sometimes you just, you forget to focus on yourself because there's so much else happening all around you, that you forget to check in with yourself. And I think that's kind of what happens. And, you know, I wish I could be out of my head sometimes, like even for five minutes and not overthink everything. And I wish that like my brain wasn't, (laughs) my brain wasn't the way it is where sometimes I just feel down and I don't know how to snap out of it. And I don't understand why I feel the way I feel or why I have the thoughts that I do. And it sucks, but I just, I've been feeling lately the past couple of weeks, I started to feel again, like I'm allowing my life to pass me by. And I'm just like some extra in my own life. That's why actually recently I turned into chess. If you saw that I picked up a new hobby, it was because it was the only way I was kind of able for just a moment, mute all of these voices and energies coming my way from everywhere and like mute my thoughts and just experience silence and peace. And that's why I started playing chess recently. I've always been so good with detaching myself and escaping into like my little bubble in my head when things feel like they're too much, but recently I've actually been struggling with even doing that. It's just one of the first times I felt like I genuinely couldn't protect myself from all the chaos and energy that I was feeling from other people, even if it was behind a computer. I I felt like my protecting shield was gone and I couldn't look away anymore. When did we all become so jaded and so hateful towards everyone? I mean, I know we're all struggling, but that's what's so crazy to me. We all want to be accepted and we're all struggling. But then I see everyone else spewing hate towards other people. And you know how I've said before, only hurt people hurt people. I would know because even the past couple of weeks when I was experiencing internal pain, I still wasn't realizing that I was experiencing it. And I was out there just like waiting to start arguments with people, waiting to push away the people that love me, like waiting to spew like negative energy onto other people, like just trying to start something. That's why actually I haven't done a solo episode in a minute because I've been struggling to channel the positive side in me. And I felt like a fake if I'm going to spew confidence on you guys right now, or if I'm going to spew being positive when I'm struggling to lift myself up. And especially when you've always constantly feel like you have to be strong for everyone else. It's really hard to ask someone else for help or like to ask someone else to be strong for you or to admit when you're struggling. And I'm, fuck, I hate when I tear up on these episodes because I swear I'm not struggling right now. I'm doing fine. That's why I'm able to talk about it. But just thinking back to those moments where I was feeling low, like, I just hate that because I know that I would have made my life so much easier and I would have resolved my issues like weeks ago if I would have just reached out to somebody and talked to them. And especially if I'm a role model to so many of you, I feel embarrassed when I don't know the right answer right away or when I don't know how to pick myself up as quickly as I feel like I should especially as a role model it makes me feel like I constantly have to be happy and I constantly have to be positive and I constantly have to be strong because like if I'm not strong for you when you're feeling down like who's going to be there for you you know it has to be me I don't know so you know whatever (laughs) no it's not whatever (laughs) um But yeah, I'm doing okay now, but like I said, I feel like it wasn't good for a minute, but I know I'm not alone. And I know that we've all been feeling these emotions the past year or even longer. And I feel like, you know, it's good to speak on it instead of being in denial or forcing happiness that I didn't feel in this moment. I mean, I'm slowly starting to feel some happiness. It's finally coming back to me, but to be honest, only the last couple of days. I've been slowly trying to get myself out of this rub, but I have made some impulsive decisions on the way. I've channeled some negativity onto people and tried pushing my friends and family away. I ghosted every single guy in my life. I literally have not gotten fucked since last year. <laughs> but also like, I don't even talking to any guys. I just ghosted everyone. And also, I recently started hating what I see in the mirror. I... Between you and I, if I'm being completely honest, a job for a brand I had to do recently, it had to do with me taking videos to show off my body for this brand. And I turned down money. I kept trying to take this video and I kept feeling like I looked disgusting and I turned down the money and I emailed them and I was just on, first I ghosted them, which is unprofessional. then I emailed them and I said, listen, I'm going to have to turn down this money. I can't even do this brand deal right now. Cause I don't feel good about myself. I don't like what I'm seeing in the mirror and I just, I can't fake it. I can't do it. I don't feel good enough about myself to even do this job. And I mean, that's crazy because like, that's my livelihood, you know? So while I was feeling low, which is not something I recommend to anyone. I decided it was my time to finally try plastic surgery for the first time in my life because maybe that will solve all my problems. So if you're wondering (laughs) if I'm a dumbass bitch that decided to do an impulsive-ass decision while she's already feeling super low, yeah, hi, that's me. Although it is something I've talked about wanting to get before on these episodes and it's something I've been saying I've been wanting for the longest time, but I've always been super scared to do it it's kind of like, I feel like your first surgery is kind of like probably maybe your first tattoo. The first one is always gonna be the scariest. So I think for me, I was always scared to kind of jump the gun the gun, and just do it. But you know, I was feeling low and I said, fuck it. And I signed up and I decided to go and get, yeah, you guessed it, lipo on my chin. <laughs> I never want to be one of those influencers who acts like drinking water and working out is a cure to everything. Of course, you should definitely be drinking water. And this is your reminder right now to pick up a water glass. I wasn't gonna say water bottle because I know a lot of you are very conscious and as you should be about plastic, but pick up whatever you put your water in and drink it. So this is your reminder to drink water right now. Um, But let's be real. That girl your boyfriend is obsessed with all over Instagram, it's probably not that natural. She actually doesn't even look like that outside of Instagram with the work she has done. And this is in no way to put down influencers because even I don't look like the pictures I post. And it's in no way to put people who have gone work done because, hey, I'm both of those things. I'm one of those LA bitches now. I finally got my first ever plastic surgery, kind of plastic surgery. I was awake for it, but still. So here we are. But I think it is so important To be honest with your audience, because social media can really mess up with your head, I would know since I just got plastic surgery. (laughs) So so I did it, y'all. I got life on my chin because I wanted to. And to anyone debating getting work done, make sure it's something that you want to do. And don't ever be ashamed of that. So now, here I am recording with the girdle on my face looking hot as ever. And yeah, I will post a picture for your entertainment. I promise. So I know this is the simplest concept, but it's so amazing how good it is, how good you feel about yourself when you just let loose and express yourself. Like I already feel better after just sharing all this with you guys. You're literally my therapist. I just feel like I give so much advice on my show and I can get so wrapped up in making sure that you guys feel amazing and implementing the best practices into your lives that sometimes I think I forget to do it for myself. So if you're listening right now, I wanna say thank you for allowing me to do this, for allowing me to cry on my podcast. Hopefully I don't cut this part out. I don't feel too embarrassed. And also for allowing me to open up to you guys and for giving me the space to sometimes feel like okay with being vulnerable and okay to admit when I'm not doing that okay, you know? Cause that's also okay. You know what else is part of my self-care routine but much cheaper than plastic surgery? European Wax Center. So if you're trying to get ready for the spring or the summer months, make sure you check out European Wax Center. European Wax Center has certified wax specialists who are experts and trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin, especially your regime. Bikini waxing is their particular specialty. They do over 7.5 million bikinis a year. And with a number like that, you know you're getting the best bikini service from true bikini wax specialists. So if you wanna boost your confidence and have a little clean kitty, do yourself and your skin a favor and go check out European Wax Center. Just go to waxcenter.com and book your reservation today and your first wax is on me, queen. You're welcome. My favorite part about getting my hoo wax is that they also wax my butthole. So I definitely recommend that. Their secret in their signature is their Comfort Wax. It's a blend of beeswax sourced from Europe and other skin soothing ingredients that allows for easy hair removal for a less painful experience. And they're all about safety and security. So don't worry, that's definitely a priority for them. So if I were you, I would definitely check out European Wax Center. I am so confident in their services, that right now I'm offering all of my listeners Anyone that's a first-time guest with them, a free wax because you deserve it, queen. Take care of yourself. So visit WaxCenter.com and book your reservation today. And your first wax is on me. So now that that's over with, I want to let you guys more into my life. So if you're a regular listener, I'm sure that you know that maybe... Something about me being Israeli or the fact that I'm foreign or the fact that I'm also Russian or maybe you know that I used to be an accountant before I was daddy issues and it sucked. But today I really want to let you guys in on the good stuff, like how I really lost my virginity. And I know that everyone has that one story, but trust me, (laughs) it is a story that I never shared for a reason. I don't know. There's like a lot of weird shit I'm just dying to tell you guys and I'm going to tell you whatever I can in the next 20 minutes and then you're going to have to wait till the next get to know me episode but get ready to laugh. So this should be fun. Let me tell you what it's like to be born in the third world country called Russia. You don't know what it's like to be born in Russia until you were born in a country like Russia. You don't know Russia like I know Russia. So let me tell you what it was like to be born in a third world country, to be born in communism, okay? Let's go. First of all, I was born in November. That's basically one of the months in Russia where there was just no sun. So that is why I was born with a birth defect, being that I have no enamel on my teeth, but that's not the only thing that happened to me being born in Russia during November because of no sun. I was also born with a crooked leg, Yeah, I was lacking that much vitamin D. And the crooked leg basically meant as if one leg was growing longer than the other one. So the other one um, turned out to be crooked. And what the doctor in Russia wanted to do was just cut it off. They said I was going to be handicapped for the rest of my life. And I'll just be on little crutches. That's Russia. That's a third world country. (laughs) Which, by the way, when I was one and we moved to Israel, my mom took me to the doctor in Israel which was a second world country back then. And she said, do we need to go through surgery for my child? And the doctor said, ma'am, literally put her in the sun and her leg will heal by itself. And my leg healed and I never needed surgery. I never needed to cut off my leg. And I now have two capable, healthy, same size, lengthy legs. When my sister was born, there was an outbreak of syphilis in the hospital. But my mom was giving birth so it's not like she could leave or anything she just has to get, she had to give birth while there was actual syphilis all over the hospital and people were catching it then my sister got sick not from syphilis thank goodness but my sister was getting super sick and the doctors didn't care they just said you have to leave your child in the hospital but luckily my aunt is a doctor and she told my mother if you don't take karen that's my sister's name if you don't take karen out of the hospital right now she will die So that is why my sister survived because thank God, like, thank goodness to our aunt. She advised my mom to take my sister out of the hospital. And that's why my sister's alive to this day. That's Russia. (laughs) Speaking of Russia, another thing being born in a third world country is basically God bless communism back then, even if... You guys were like, whatever, if there's no sun, maybe you could drink the milk. Maybe you can eat some fruits so you can grow and be a healthy kid. We couldn't even do that because being born in a communist country meant that even if you had money to buy fruit, to buy milk, you can't even do that because you have to put your name on a list and then you have to wait months before you're able to buy even a carton of milk. That's what it's like to be, to live in a third world country and to be in communism. So even though we had the money maybe to buy milk, we couldn't even buy the milk, which also meant when we were leaving Russia, we applied in every country, no country accepted. um, And it it was during the time where Jews were escaping communism. Basically, if you were a Jew trying to leave Russia during communism, it meant that you weren't allowed to take whatever money you have left in your bank account with you. So that meant you had to buy whatever you possibly could and put it in your suitcase in order for you then to leave. Because whatever money you had left in the bank account, you had to leave there. And unfortunately, because we were Jews during communism in Russia, we were not allowed to have more than one suitcase per person. So if we had things that ended up being more than one suitcase per person, we also had to leave it back. And don't even get me started on jewelry. We weren't allowed to take any jewelry, and they stripped us of any jewelry and any money and also our passports, our Russian passports, away from us when we were leaving Russia for being Jews for punishing us. That's a third world country. That's what it was like to be born in Russia. (laughs) And that's why when I make jokes about the fact that we are so sometimes lucky to live in the U.S., people sometimes don't understand what I'm talking about. That's because you weren't, that's because those people were not born in a third world country, but no, that's Russia. That's memories for me. (laughs) Anyway, now that we warmed up of getting to know me, let's talk about what it was like when I first came to America uh, to school. As you know, I'm just an awkwardly weird child in general. So it's no surprise that the first day I started school in America, I almost got jumped. Um, it's no surprise that it was hard for me at first to make friends. It's no surprise that I offended people at first because I was so straightforward, which by the way, hasn't changed. That's still my personality, but I really want to let you guys in on the good stuff. Let's just dive into it. Let me tell you about that time I did math, Okay. Cause it can happen to you. I bet it wouldn't cause your name isn't Violet, but you never know. You never know. So... I'm now in 10th grade, still never kissed a boy, still not that cool or popular, super awkward, dying to be popular though, sitting in Spanish class and in walks this girl. She was this cool girl. She was wearing a juicy outfit with Uggs. She had straight long hair. She was Italian, so her skin was like olive tan and she was super skinny and the juicy sweatpants, like uh, like it was like a tight sweatpants and like a tight like uh sweat jacket. She looked like those girls that I would see in American movies that I wanted to be friends with, that I wanted to look like. And she just looked really confident. And I remember when she walked into Spanish class, I was like, I'm gonna be friends with that girl. I know that girl's also gonna be popular, and that girl's my ticket to be popular. <laughs> that was my thought process because I knew. If I became popular, I wouldn't get bullied. But anyway, I was in tenth grade. She was in ninth grade, and um, she had this whole like she just came she just came to my public school from private school, private Catholic school. And her boyfriend was going to all boys Catholic school. And of course, as the rich guys from OC and uh, Gossip Girl that we watch, they go to private schools and they do drugs. That's the cool kids. So. He was doing a lot of drugs and my best friend was super upset that he was cheating on her with this other girl. Kylie was super upset because her first boyfriend, the love of her life, the guy she was willing, the guy she was ready to give her petunia to, to lose her virginity to, was so busy cheating on her with Brandy Gator. This is a made up name because I don't want to say her name. So he was busy cheating on her with Brandy Gator and they were doing drugs together. And my best friend Kylie has never done drugs. And she felt like, obviously, if she did drugs with her boyfriend, he will stop cheating on her and he will love her. And then she can give him her V card because that's obviously the thought process we have as 14, 15 year old teenagers. And when she ran it by me, I said, yeah. Yeah, babe, that makes sense. (laughs) You should totally do that. And she was just like, and then and then I'll have sex with him and then he'll never have to cheat on me. It's like obviously cheating on me because I won't have sex with him yet because I'm not mature enough. And like Brandy Gator's so mature because she's doing drugs with him. So we have to do drugs. So anyway, I told him we're gonna do drugs with him. You're gonna get to meet him for the first time this Friday and we're gonna do this drug with him that he's been doing with Brandy Gator. And I was like, okay, Lit, what's the name of the drug? And she said, don't worry about it. It makes you skinny. And I didn't question it. I was like, okay, cool, because why not? Because at 14 years old, you're already worrying about your body. So I was like, I'd love that. Yeah, great. Nothing like adding a seasoning of body insecurity to the 14-year-old teenager because that's just who we were. Anyway, it's not like positive Gen Z now. Millennials, we got to grow up with body dysmorphia and hating ourselves and low-rise genes, which I pray to God never come back. That's a millennial life. But anyway, so Friday comes around. Um, I meet up with my BFF. We meet up with her boyfriend. We sit in the car. it's in the parking lot outside of the apartment building where I live. And we're sitting in the car. He pulls up, he pulls out a pipe, and he pulls out some white powder. And then it's a long pipe, by the way. And again, I've never smoked weed, I've never kissed a girl, I've never kissed a boy, and I've never done drugs or drinking anything. So I don't know why it didn't cross my mind to like ask what we're doing or research it before. I'm just kind of, I'm just type of person that kind of jumps into things and then deals with it afterwards. Or like I do something and then I ask about it. That's just kind of who I am even now as an adult. So it kind of explains my childhood. Okay, so he takes out this long pipe and white powder, puts it in the pipe, and then he's about to give it to my BFF Kylie, and then Kylie laughs me and goes, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Oh, sorry. I can't can't do it. V, you go first. You go first. And I was like, okay. I put my mouth on the pipe. I inhaled a lot because I wasn't aware of how much to inhale or even what the F I'm smoking. And then when I exhaled, it was the biggest white cloud I've ever seen. And I was just on it. I don't remember this next moment. Kylie had to tell me. Apparently, I started to tweak out. I I think maybe I smoked more than once. And then I remember, apparently, she told me I opened the car door. And I started walking around in circles. And I started talking really, really fast. Which I know you guys are like, you talk really fast now. Right. Because I'm on Adderall. So, same, same, but different. Because this one's a prescription. Yeah. (laughs) Meth is not. Anyway. I start walking in circles, talking really fast, apparently sounding crazy. And then I said, okay, Kylie, to my best friend, your turn. And Kylie said, nah, fuck it. I'm too afraid. I'm not going to do it. And to this day, Kylie and I laugh about it, by the way, that she never did it. But anyway... She was like, I'm not gonna do it. And I was like, that's cool, that's cool, whatever. Yeah, 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 oh my God. And I, I kept looking at her boyfriend. I was like, when are we gonna do this again? Oh my God, we have to do this again. And my jaw started moving back and forth, back and forth. Like my teeth were grinding. My jaw couldn't stop moving. My brain was moving so fast and I felt like I was going 5,000 miles per hour. Anyway, we dropped off Kylie. And then her boyfriend, and I were just talking about the next time we're going to do this and we're going to do it the following week. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to sleep. Like, yeah. And he was like, "Uh, V, you're not going to be able to go to sleep. I was like, no way. (laughs) No, I'm going to go to sleep. (laughs) And then my jaw was just moving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I said, oh, wait, by the way, Kylie's boyfriend, what's the name of the drug I just did? And he said, it's called meth. And I was like, okay, lit. Bye. So then I go home, I go to sleep, I can't sleep. I'm like, oh, that's crazy, I can't sleep. My mind's racing a thousand miles per hour. I go on my computer, I turn it on and I Google, what is meth? I got to see what meth was. I got to see what people look like when they do meth and reading about it because I am actually a logical person. It was really interesting. I started reading about it. When I read the meth is actually mentally addicting while cocaine is physically addicting. In my brain, I suddenly process. I was like, wait, I don't want to do meth actually. I think I do because the high is amazing and it feels really good, but I don't want this. I'm tricking my brain into thinking that I want because the drug is telling me that I want this, but it's mental. Once I realized that meth is addicting mentally and I told myself that I don't actually need to do it again and I'll never have to do it again. And then I never tried meth again, which I think it's kind of cool and interesting that like, you can literally train your brain and your thought process. All I needed to do was find out that meth is not addicting physically. And right away, I stopped obsessing over it. Anyway, short story, I didn't sleep for two days. Um, When I peed, when I went number two, when I burped, always smelled like meth. People have asked me, what does meth smell like? I cannot tell you, but it's a very distinct smell. And it was the lowest low of my life. It's not that you even feel depressed or you wanna kill yourself, you just feel dead inside. And the only way you can feel better is to just do it again. But um, honestly, in conclusion, best high of my life, would not recommend it though. So maybe don't do meth, but uh, cool story. Cool story that I can tell my kids, actually probably not. But cool story that you can tell your kids about that crazy lady that used to have a podcast about that one time she did meth and why your kids shouldn't do it. So you're welcome. I'm your um, don't do drug story. Anyway, so that was the first time I did meth and if you're wondering about my BFF and her boyfriend, they she did lose her virginity to him. He did keep cheating on her. shocker, who would have guessed? And um, he continued to do drugs with Brandy Gator. And me and my BFF decided we did not want to do drugs. We were busy chasing other boys, which leads me to how I had my first kiss. Yeah, so when she gave up her petunia to her boyfriend, my BFF, Kylie, and he still continued cheating on her because she wouldn't do meth with him. They broke up for a minute. So Kylie already had new boys on deck to hang out with. So we ditched school and these guys picked us up and they were going to go surfing and we were going to go to the beach with them. So (laughs) they picked us up and we were on the way to the beach and my BFF wanted to look super impressive. And she was just like, hey, you guys want to see something really cool? And one of the guys was like, yeah, what? And then she grabbed my face and we made out. And that was my first kiss. I kissed my best friend. I don't think she knew it was my first kiss, but I was just like, holy shit. I've literally now done everything except sex. That's crazy. (laughs) So then feeling sexually experienced, like the queen that I was, I decided it was time then to hang out with my older friends. So at this point, I am a sophomore in high school and I made some other friends and they were seniors in high school. And also some of them were, um, freshmen, a college. So I decided to hang out with them and it was like a bunch of these girls and that was the youngest one. And we all went out and we were, I forgot what we were doing, but somehow we ended up at night at this one guy's house. So it was literally me and seven, eight other girls and just one guy who had super rich parents and he had the house to himself. So we were in this house and we all started to play truth or dare. I got a dare and one of the girls dared me to make out with my friend, Mandy, it's a fake name, to make out with my friend Mandy and to make out with the guy at the same time. And I was like, wait, what? How does that even work? Like all three of us at the same time? And I remember one of the girls said, what are you a virgin? And I was like, no, (laughs) I mean, kind of like half, like I've done everything except sex. (laughs) And I was like, no, totally kidding. Ew. No, that's so gross. Like, why would I be a virgin in 10th grade? No fucking way. Ew. So she was like, okay, then do it. And I was like, okay. So I was like, okay. So again, not the first kiss that I really envisioned for myself, but maybe next time. So I got closer and me, Mandy, and the guy all put our mouths together and started kissing. And then the guy was just spinning his tongue around my tongue, just in a circle, nonstop. And I was like, wow, this is kissing. I hate it. (laughs) Like, ew, I waited for this. This is what it's like to kiss a boy. Ew. So that was my first kiss, finally locking, um tongues and taking in all of this guy's saliva for the first time in my mouth. And that was my first kiss. And then right after we kiss, the girls continue and we, they said, okay, we're not done. And they said, I dare you, Mandy, to suck his dick while Violet gives him a hand job. Did you guys think this was gonna be PG? I think not. No, no, cause I got to hang out with the cool girls who made fun of me for being a virgin. So this is what I get. My first kiss turned into a handjob. So then all the girls in the room watching, I don't know how me and Mandy were somehow in this dare. And I don't know how this guy got so forking lucky to be with like nine, 10 girls all together while his dick is just out. So then I think, you know what it was? I remember Mandy said, She's never sucked dick. And they said, how about tonight? (laughs) And then I think because her and I were the good friends, they said, V, help her. And I said, ew. And they said, what, you've never seen a dick before? And I was like, oh, no. No, of course I have. I'm not a virgin or anything. Ha. Because I've done everything except sex. So totes. Yeah. So that was the first time I've seen a dick. Super close. And then I was watching my friend Mandy suck his dick. And then I was like confused when I put my hand on it and then I just put my hand on it. So then I got to experience all of her spit and all the dick fluids, everything just going on my hand while I was going up and down his dick, not sure what I'm doing. And then um, she just kept sucking. And then I said, you know, I, I feel like it's dis- I'm being disrespectful. Like we should give them some privacy. And then they were like, V, you're right. So then we left. You know, now that I think about it, we were all very drunk. And I remember we all slept there. And the next morning, Mandy and I were on the way home. We looked at each other and we said, let's never talk about this again. And I said, but okay. And we never did until today. So uh, Mandy, wherever you are, if you hear the story, I'm sorry I didn't stop you from sucking dick. You deserve better than that. Before I get into my story and how I personally know Kamala, I wanted to tell you about ShipStation. If you are currently selling stuff online, then you're definitely in the right business and you need to hear about ShipStation. More people are currently shopping online now than ever. And that means that there's a lot of orders coming in and a lot of orders that you need help to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all of your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier, access a bunch of discount shipping rates, and automate just about any shipping task. You'll spend a lot less time on shipping and a lot more time on growing your business. So no matter where you're selling, whether it's on Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation funnels all of your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. I'm actually currently building my online shop for my podcast and I'm using ShipStation. So that's why I highly recommend them. And they even give you access to amazing discounts with um, major carriers like UPS, FedEx, USPS, and a lot of other ones. It's no wonder the ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. So ship more in less time and just use my offer code Violet to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. So just go to shiftstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Violet. That's shiftstation.com, enter offer code Violet. Make ship happen. Anyway, so that was technically my whole first kiss. And I guess the last story for today... I have a bunch of really crazy stories, like including about, aside from even the wild story of how I lost my virginity, there's also the story of how I got my license even though I got an automatic fail, but that's for another time. So for now, I'll tell you guys about how I was interning at the DA's office at the Hardcore Gang Division and at Major Crimes, and I was actually interning during the same time that Michael Jackson's doctor was on trial. That was a, that was at the same time when I was interning. But um, basically the way you can intern at the Los Angeles DA's office or any DA's office actually, is if you go to law school. And I remember towards the end of my time at university, I was at a Cal State. Um, I was studying accounting and business law. Yeah, I have two degrees. So for my business law degree, my undergrad, I really needed an internship and the internships that... I was getting just weren't it. I guess I randomly met this guy at school who had the email or contact of this guy who was like super up, super high up, um, the DA's office. He was an attorney at the DA's office, and like I said, you can only get an internship if you go, if you are in law school. But I wasn't aware; I didn't know. So I emailed him, and I guess maybe he didn't look at the email where the university was from. I mean, I guess technically you can go, you can go to CSUN for grad school too. I'm so silly. So I emailed him from my um, college email from CSUN and I would love to intern at the DA's office. And he had me come in for an interview and literally within the first five minutes of the interview, he realized that I was undergrad. So he told me like, listen, thank you so much for coming all the way to downtown, but we don't take on... Undergrad interns. It just doesn't happen. All of our interns have to come from law schools. I told them, listen, before you have me leave, I just want you to know that unlike these other interns who are in law school, they may be too busy with other homework. They may be too proud to do copies, too proud to give you coffee because they want to learn something more. They want to learn what they're learning in school. Or again, they may be too busy and they won't stay longer nights or they want to go out drinking. I do none of that. I have no friends, which I did, I was lying. But I was like, I have no friends, so I have nowhere to go. I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not old enough to drink. So I can't go out drinking. I don't have a fake ID. And because I'm undergrad, I will do more work than any of these other people. And if you need me to work on weekends, I will. If you need me to work at night, I'll stay longer. I don't care. This is free because I'm here because I want to learn and I'll do anything to stay And that's how I sucked. this. I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I was like, and I'll do anything to stay. And he was like, okay. And I got the internship. It was so cool. I was the only undergrad at the DA's office with uh, with an internship, which by the way, did not fly well with the other interns. I won't lie, but honestly, who gives a shit? So I'm not even going to get into it. Anyway, I was the only intern. I mean, the only undergrad, um, interning and I was interning at the hardcore gang division which I still did not understand the gravity of what it meant to be in the hardcore gang division I don't think I fully processed that that meant we only deal with gangs and the type of gangs that are out there because again even though by this point I am in university so I've had a few years under my belt to live in America I think I constantly do this thing where I live in my own bubble to kind of protect myself from the outside world because I'm, because of the fact that I feel everyone else's feelings and because of the fact that I overthink and because of the fact that I have anxiety and because of whatever childhood trauma I've had growing up with, I feel like it's this defense mechanism that I have that I just kind of constantly block anything from the outside that I don't think serves me, which in a lot of ways, I think maybe made me grow up a little slower. And in a lot of ways did not protect me the way I thought it would protect me. I think it actually harmed me because I constantly had to learn the serious lessons in a harsher way. Like, for example, that time I did meth. Remember that? But anyway, he said, you're hired. Come in tomorrow and we'll start working. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So I was so excited for my first day. And I came in to the office, the DA's office, the hardcore gang division. And I was like, where is... Blah blah blah, and they said, "Oh, he's in court," and I was like, "Okay, cool, I'll go meet him there." And no one told me I'm supposed to wait in the office when the attorneys are in court. I also I wasn't experienced enough. I haven't been watching, you know, Law and Order SVU, so I didn't know all the right pr- like protocols. So anyway, instead of waiting for him in the office, not processing that he's probably like prosecuting or whatever he's doing, I decided to find the courtroom. And in my skirt and tucked in shirt and heels yeah you guys I wear heels I opened the courtroom and it was happening like court was in session I walked in super confidently is I think that's the right word and I was and I was walking in I could not understand where I was supposed to sit I saw there were people sitting on the left side If if it looked like a family, whatever it was, they looked upset. And then the right side was kind of empty. And again, I also did not understand the difference between the right or the left side in a courtroom. And I also did not understand when court is in session or even when you're supposed to sit. So I walked in and then I started walking back and forth. And I was like, ah, shit, ah, fuck, where do I sit? Where do I sit? And I remember my attorney looked back at me and he said, just sit down. And when he said, just sit down, I thought he meant next to him, (laughs) I didn't realize he meant like sit down in the back or where the people are sitting. I thought he meant like next to him. So I walked through those like opening doors to where the court is actually in session, the court is happening. And I tried to sit next to him where the prosecution is happening. By the way, there's somebody sitting in the stand, was giving his statement and he had to stop. The judge was like, ma'am, And then the attorney looked at me mortified and he said, not here. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, shit. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So I get up, I walk back through the doors and I'm still walking back and forth, not knowing what to sit. And the the judge goes, ma'am, sit down. So I was like, okay, right. So then I figured why not sit in the area where there's already people? Because obviously there's a reason they're all sitting together. Like, why would I sit by myself? That makes no sense. I tried to sit next to those people. They looked like they were going to murder me. And I was like, and then I remember the judge said, not there. The other side, the prosecution side. And I was like, oh, okay. And the attorney looked, by the way, mortified that he ever fucking hired me. (laughs) Like, imagine giving this whole like speech of how stellar I am. And then my first day, I'm just like, oh, what? (laughs) So, you know, that's why I thank God. God blessed me with, you know, triple D's when I was like 12. Just kidding. Just kidding. I was actually a really good um, intern. They asked me to come back, but the story is hilarious. They were prosecuting a gang member that belonged to the Bloods. And it was on first degree murder for murdering like 13 people. And I tried to sit next to his family. And I also disrupted that whole fucking (laughs) session. And basically he was being prosecuted for life. So... That was my first day at court, super chill, super fun. And I guess I never mentioned also how I know our current vice president, Kamala. I actually met her and she was in one of those departments. And I I remember I met her a few times. And I remember people used to say, like, you know, be on the lookout for her. Like she's going to achieve a lot. So that's my story. That's a little bit about me. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Please let me know um, if you have any similar stories, like DM me, let's talk. Again, I am trying to create um, an episode where you guys are able to call me for questions or tell me how much you hate me, whatever you wanna say, whatever you wanna unload. Obviously, if you wanted to leave me a nice review to make up for all the bad reviews I got last week for um, having bad audio, even though I fixed it, um, that'll be amazing. So go ahead and leave me a five-star review. If you want to leave me a bad review, please don't. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I don't know if it's the edibles or if it's you guys, but I fucking love you. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a beautiful day. And if you're feeling down, I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that I feel exactly how you're feeling right now. And I want you to know that And to remember that it's not a bad day. No, fuck. And to remember that it's not a bad life is just a bad day. And tomorrow's going to get better. And even if tomorrow doesn't seem like it's going to get better, little by little, every day is going to be better than the last one. I know that's what's been happening for me. And please don't forget to talk to someone if you're going through right now. Um, and just know that you're brave and I'm proud of you for even just getting out of bed because I know what it feels like and yeah, I hope you're doing okay. I know I'm doing okay and I definitely feel so much better after this session. I was going to say after this episode. So have a beautiful blessed day. I love you and I'll see you next week. Bye.